I'm so glad you're here with us this morning. There is just truly a different energy sitting in the building with you all, and I appreciate that so much. Diana has come to share with me. We're going to do a socially distanced reading of Psalm 103. Listen, join in, please, if you feel so inclined. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his way to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserves, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children. For those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly host, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Thank you, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. I just, sorry, I had to, had to say that. Debbie's at home watching on Facebook, so I just needed to take a moment and say hi to my beautiful bride who's there. Default settings. That's the theme we're going to talk about here for just a few moments this morning. Default settings. We all know what they are. Default settings are, are what you have on your printer. That It probably defaults to black and white. You have to select color and how many pieces of paper have you thrown away because you forgot to change the default setting? The default setting on a printer is set to 1. And if you set it to 10 and then you come back later, it, you know, it may or may not go back to the default setting. And again, you're throwing away a bunch of paper. But default settings, you all we all understand them because we've all experienced them. In 2005, a brilliant author and professor by the name of David Foster Wallace, an incredibly intelligent man, offered the commencement speak at Kenyon College in Ohio, in which he was speaking to the students, to the seniors there, about what is the purpose of your education. 
and it was a liberal arts school. He says, what is the purpose of your education? And he was trying to convince them and convey to them that you got smart so you can make better choices. And in this commencement speech, he speaks about default settings. Let me just read a portion of that to you, okay? Here is just one example of the total wrongness, not yet, uh, Jonathan. Here's just an example of the total wrongness of something I tend to be automatically sure of. Everything in my own immediate experience supports the deep belief (laughs) that I am the absolute center of the universe. The realist, most vivid, most important person in all of existence. We rarely think about this sort of natural self-centeredness because it's, well, actually, it's socially repulsive. (laughs) But it's pretty much the same for all of us, he continues. It is our default setting hardwired into our boards at birth. Think about it. There is no experience you've had that you are not the absolute center of. The world as you experience it is there in front of you, behind you, to the left and right of you, on your TV, on your monitor, and so on and so on. Other people's thoughts and feelings have to be communicated to you somehow, but your own are immediate, urgent, and real. He continued. And so, petty, frustrating stuff, he didn't use the word stuff, okay, stuff like traffic jams and crowded aisles and long checkout lines in the grocery store, well, they give me time to think. And if I don't make a conscious decision about how to think and what to pay attention to, I'm gonna be upset and miserable every time I have to shop because my natural default setting is the certainty that situations like this are really all about me, about my hungriness, about my fatigue, about my desire to just get home. And it's going to seem for all the world like everybody else is just in my way. I think you were starting to get a sense. We maybe recognize this guy. Wallace followed with a clear statement to these college seniors gathered uh, gathered there, you know, as he's talking about what's the purpose of your education. He says, it's a matter of choice, young people. It's a matter of choice to do the hard work of somehow altering or getting free of the natural hardwired default settings which is to be deeply and literally self-centered and to see and interpret everything through this lens of self. Pretty excited about this so far, aren't you? Yeah, I can tell. All right. Let me take a sidebar. It's written in red, so I know it's a sidebar. Okay. Uh, Please know that on this 4th of July weekend, I am a flag-waving American veteran who loves my country in spite of its many faults. But as a follower of Jesus, I am concerned at how quickly the spirit of independence can morph back to our default settings, simple selfishness, and how the gift of freedom can morph into disregard for others. Okay, commercial's over. Wallace Wallace was raised by parents who were atheists. Wallace himself embraced atheism. He he wandered into Roman Catholicism twice. He said, but both times I flunked the period of inquiry. 
Uh, he tried a Mennonite church, but basically for all of his life, he was not a God-fearing, God-believing man. But he spoke of one more default setting in this commencement speech. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what? To worship. And the best reason for choosing a God to worship is that pretty much everything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you'll never have enough money and things. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure and you'll always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you'll die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power and you will feel weak and afraid and you'll need, to ever, you'll need ever more power over others to keep that fear at bay. Worship your intellect being seen as smart and you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out and so on. And the insidious thing about these forms of worship is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. Our message series, Staycation, is subtitled Chasing Joy in the Everyday. Three years after this commencement speech, at the age of 46, David Foster Wallace hung himself. He found no joy in the default settings. King David. King David pens Psalm 103 with a full awareness of default settings. Look how he begins. We read it out of the NIV, and it came up as, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. But the word praise is is just kind of uh, an English assistance Because bless, the word bless seems so archaic and out of touch, but it is actually the more accurate translation of the Hebrew word. So in the English Standard Version, this is how it would sound. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Praise should be very natural, but it is not very often. David is writing an exhortation to himself. He's not talking to you and me. We just get to listen in. David is saying to himself, Hey, David, bless the Lord. He is working on getting out of his default settings. The Hebrew word for bless is... Okay? Uh, B-A-R-A-K. Barach. The NIV translates it praise, again, since blessing is kind of obscure to us, but bless is a bigger, fuller, weightier word and concept. In the world of fireworks, which we just experienced to some degree last night, praise is that rocket display of rocks that go, that's praise, that's good. Bless is the big boom at the end. That's just the difference between And Barak has a distinct meaning of expressing joyful gratitude to enrich our God. And the act of blessing does not revolve around me or you at all. In fact, it only includes me as an undeserving recipient of the blessings of God. It is fully adoration. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Mark 12, 28, Jesus was approached by teachers of the law and one of the teachers asked him of all the commandments, which is the most important? And the most important one Jesus answered is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He was quoting Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. So, what does it look like to bless and praise with all that is within me? I don't know. I really don't. And David doesn't tell us. Probably David doesn't tell us because each of us is uniquely created by God. None of us have the same DNA. None of us have the same fingerprints. Uniquely created by God and he relates to us and we relate to him as a, as a father does uniquely to each of their children. If my daughter wanted to bless me, my daughter Danielle, she would bring me a balanced budget sheet because that's what she does best. Make my daddy happy. My son doesn't know how to do a budget. He would bring me a piece of art. Danielle would be amazed. But they're unique and I relate to them. And so God with you and I, so what does it look like? I don't know because I'm not you. But what God receives as blessing and praise from you may not at all be what he expects or hopes to get from me. I would guess if we were, you were to, you know, I was asking for immediate responses to, you know, what does it look like to bless and praise the Lord, you, most of us would probably respond with, well, Jim, that's, that's enthusiastic singing. Perhaps it's a little dancing, a little shouting would be good. And you know, you're absolutely right. Kind of. That's one of the reasons the band, the praise team, did what they just did. So that we could collectively praise and bless the Lord. We were talking about it at staff meeting last week. What does this verse mean? And, and our, our church secretary, Doris, Doris was sharing about, uh, you know, does it have to be music? And she goes, well, I don't know if it has to be, but it sure is for me. And she recounted going to a Hillsong concert. And she just said, I got there and there was the crowd and the music was great and I knew all the words and I was singing and I was swaying. I might have put a little dance in there. See, because Doris, Doris understands. Mike, Pastor Mike, he, he understands enthusiastic singing, perhaps a little dancing and shouting. King David understood. 2 Samuel 6 records that when the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, was being brought into Jerusalem, King David was leaping and dancing before the Lord, much to the chagrin of his wife. And he just said, I, I can't help it. i got to do it. So David knows what it's like to praise the Lord with singing and dancing and shouting. And, and that's good. But he sits down later and writes Psalm 103. Because getting caught up in the praise, which is good, by the way, I hope you got caught up in that this morning. Getting caught up in it and it lasts for a minute, is different than choosing and determining to praise. Singing can just be singing. Or with intentional, humble adoration, singing can be a blessing and praise, and there's a difference. However, I'd like to suggest that a certain widow blessed 
and praised the Lord. Luke 21 records Jesus observing people making offerings at the temple. And it says in 21 verse 1, it says, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put more in than all the others. And I would suggest to you that it took all of her heart, all of her soul, a decision of her mind, and all of her physical material to make that offering. So it was an offering of God-focused adoration, and it blessed and praised the Lord. Let me additionally suggest that all that is within me changes with the seasons. I loved Debbie with all that was in me when I was 20, and we got married. It was about that deep. But it was all I had, okay? How that love looks is radically different, significantly deeper, and much more intimate 48 years later. Similarly, my journey with God was, has gone through seasons, and it's way different at 68 than it was at 18. So even in our own lives, what does it look like to bless the Lord, all my soul, with all that is within me? It may be different last week than it's going to be next week. And it may not be anything at all like the other people in the room. So while I cannot give you specifics, I can assure you that blessing and praising the Lord involves aligning all of who I am, our most honest speak, in intentional God-centered adoration. Whatever it may be that I'm doing, maybe it's singing with intentional God-centered adoration. Maybe it's giving like the widow with intentional God-centered adoration. Maybe it's going to be mowing my neighbor's yard this afternoon with intentional God-centered adoration. So it's whatever I may be doing with an audience of one. Again, at staff meeting, we were talking. The 9 o'clock service last week, I think, ended up with a total of 29 people. It started with 11, you know, and you wonder, okay, how hard is that on the worship team? Lots of energy, lots of preparation. There's all 11 of them. And Mike said, I don't care if there was 11 or 1,100. Uh, I'm blessing and praising the Lord. I have an audience of one. You want to come along? Great. So it may be whatever I am doing with an audience of one that overrides my default settings that wants to make it all about me. And forget not all his benefits. This is more than the mental activity, you know, kind of like, well, man, it slipped my mind. Uh, which is such a man thing, okay? It has to do with actions. It's intentionally making the effort not to forget. And, and it's not just don't do something, you know, like don't cuss out your neighbor. It's definitely do something, like bless your neighbor. <laughs> and so David is saying make the intentional effort to remember, to not forget all of the benefits of a relationship with God. Sidebar, it's in red. You cannot lose 
what you never had. So Debbie had a friend come over for breakfast Friday. As we were having coffee before the friend came over, I says to Debbie, Debbie, what time is your friend coming over for breakfast? She said to me, 8.30. And somewhere in my brain went, got it, 8.30. And I tell you, 10 minutes later, <laughs> I had to ask her again, what, what time is she coming over? I didn't forget it. I never had it. And folks, I think sometimes that's what David's appealing to us also. He says, do not forget. Forget what? Oh, I've got a whole different message for you then. Let's think about all the things that God has done and who he is. So you can focus on those. David goes on in the psalm to list so many things that God has done, but not so much to make a list of what God has done, but as to reveal God's character. This is more about who God is, not so much what he's done. God forgives, and he heals, and he redeems, and he crowns with love and compassion. He satisfies, and he strengthens, and he intercedes on behalf of the oppressed. He is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Our Father does not stay angry or treat us as our sinful behavior deserves. Instead, he has compassion on us, his children, and he treats us tenderly. David is so correct. But you know what? David could only recite what he had seen in the past. He had no idea how much bigger and better it would be for those of us on the other side of the birth, life, death, and resurrection of the Messiah, Jesus, who came to pay the full and final payment for sin. And David, David could not have imagined the gift of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and the role he would play in blessing and praising Jesus says in John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. And by this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. David implores himself, instructs himself, and all of us, to do the hard work of changing our default settings so that blessing and praise can flow freely from within. I'm reminded of Pastor John's jelly-filled donut illustration. And no one's running down the aisle with a jelly-filled donut today, but, you know, he just talked about, you know, you hold a jelly-filled donut, it just looks like a donut, and you squeeze it, and you get to know what's on the inside. And I think that's where David or God would like us to get, to where there is so much awareness inside of me. My default settings have been reset and adjusted so many times that praise and blessing, adoration for God just flow out of me. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we need to make an intentional choice to get out of default and into adoration and praise. Let me close by reminding you, reminding you of a Kay Warren quote that, the pa that Pastor Don shared last Sunday. This is the cue for the band to wander this direction. Joy, remember, chasing joy in the everyday, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control, 
of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right because God is in control of the details of my life, and then finally the determined choice to praise God in all things. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. My challenge to you this week is to work on changing your default settings. I would suggest you memorize and meditate on Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Meditate on them. Make the choice then to bless and praise the Lord in whatever ways he may reveal to you. And we can't do it often enough. And for some, perhaps in the room or some watching online, this choice may include making a a first-time decision to really commit your lives to Jesus. What is he talking about, you may be asking. We would love to tell you about our Jesus. In a world of social distancing, you may not feel forward, uh, comfortable coming forward to ask for prayer or to talk more about Jesus, but we really do want to hear from you and speak with you. Please take advantage of our text number, 407-559-8210. It'll come up here on the screen in just a minute. You need prayer? You have a prayer request? Type prayer. Just text, I mean, just text the word prayer to that number. You want to know more about following Jesus or you've already made that decision and you'd like a little guidance, a little help on the journey? Text the word LIVE, L-I-V-E, and we'd be more than glad to get in touch with you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. Bless his holy name. Father, thank you for who you are and all you have done for us. Unworthy, undeserving, your love is overwhelming. Jesus, thank you for making the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have joy in the everyday journey and we would not end up like David Foster Wallace desperate because the default settings of life that are all about me are hopeless. They're eating us alive. But you, Jesus, you invite us to come and discover real life. Thank you. We're sitting here singing a song in the midst of a, a COVID pandemic where literally most people in our, our family are not don't feel comfortable coming. They, uh, you know, I'll be honest with 10,000 every day adding. I'm like, I'm not sure I feel comfortable coming, you know. How can we sing you are good, you are better? How can we sing these songs? Because he is. You know, I'm sitting here and, and as we're singing, the, I'm asking myself this question. Are we being honest by singing these songs and what came to my mind was the apostle paul saying i prayed three times because of this problem i was dealing with you know i've healed other people in jesus name and people's lives are changed in jesus name and here i have my own problem which scholars think was probably blindness and he's saying i'm not being healed and then he said then the lord to me my grace is sufficient for you 
This is, that, that's good. But here's the better part. My power, God's power, God's speaking, my power is, made, is perfected in your weakness. This is so important because we're sitting here going, I'm frustrated, I'm lonely. I want to go shopping when I want to go shopping. I want to go to a restaurant with friends. I want to go out and enjoy life like I did four months ago. Is it four now? Maybe five? I don't know. It feels so long. Lord, how is it better now? And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in your weakness. You know, we've been talking a lot, Pastor Mike and I, Pastor Jim and I, staff, that for the last hundreds of years maybe, but for the last, definitely in my lifetime, it, it seems like the church has lost its saltiness, the, the, that thing that makes us so different. And that You know, have you ever had a steak without salt? And then you go to a restaurant where they, they you know, you spend a hundred bucks on a steak or something and, and you go, what is the difference? Or when my wife makes a steak and you go, what, why is this so good? And it's because of the spices and the saltiness. And when the church is a bland, just bland, like everything else, we don't, we're not that special and people are not attracted, not to us, but to the Lord. And God is saying, I think in the midst of this COVID environment that, listen, my power is perfected in your weakness. For the, maybe for the first time, your neighbors are sensing, are tasting salt because they know you. Maybe for the first time, people are visiting or watching online and they're going, there's something different right now. In fact, I think I want that. And so I want to ask you, church, online and in the building, COVID is doing something special, actually, around the world, not just in Avalon. Pastors are talking and praying. Our staff is talking and praying, saying, God, there's something different now that God is, is changing our hearts in ways I don't know if it would have been possible before. And, and you, some, you, some of you, you know this feeling. You know, when, and I've shared the story a million times, when, when my first wife passed away when I was in my 20s, I would never want to go through that experience again, but I would never want to change the man that it, it has led me to become. Some of you, you've, you've faced awful things in your life, and you look at it now, following Jesus, and you go, wow, I would never do it again, but I wouldn't want to take it out, out of my story. I think that's the time we're in now with, with this COVID pandemic. I think that 20, 30, 40 years from now, our children's children, are, they're not going to even have a clue what happened, but the world for them is going to be different. And I'm not talking the world, the, the, the economy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the, the world where Jesus reigns, this world of his people. We're going to be so different. What I want to ask is I need you to pray for us because we're the church. Don and our staff, we're not, this isn't the church. We corporately, we're the church, but we as staff and leaders know that we need to be we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit because there are decisions that need to be made and, and, and strategies and, and, and prayers that need to be prayed. We have, a lot of, we have a lot to talk about. and We're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. We do not want the future to be a bunch of human Christian leaders choosing the way to go. We, we want the future to be a Holy Spirit-led revival of God's people, not just the leaders. Yeah, amen. So... Jesus, would you please send your spirit and fill us. Change us, Lord. We, 
we want, we beg, we, we ask for your power to be perfected in our weakness right now. Oh God, may your power be perfected in weakness. Lord, we, we can go and we can do so in our own power and it will be worthless. But we can just feel like we're blind and struggling through. And if your spirit leads us and your spirit fills us, it, it will not only transform our lives, it will transform the world. And God, we pray that you transform the world and that you, that you use us. And we just say we're willing. Do what you will, Lord, because you are good. And even in the midst of a COVID pandemic, you, we praise you and say you are better than you were yesterday for us. God, we are your people who need you. And so, Lord, fill us. Is there any way we could sing the chorus of that song again? Hallelujah. Come on, people of God. Come on, lift your hands today before the Lord. Come on, say you are good. Are you ready? Let's begin to bless Jesus in this place. Come on.
before we go, I want to encourage you. I want to admonish you. I want to, uh, I don't know another adjective for that or another verb. Um, you know, Pastor Jim mentioned that the number one commandment was to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But, see, when Jesus came on the scene, he didn't end there because he said, if you want to do that, you love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus raised the stakes right before he died and said, listen, the way you are about to see me love you when I hang on that cross for you, I want you to love others that way. And so th- praising Jesus isn't about just about, although it's awesome being in this room and worshiping Jesus. But what I ask, when you leave this place today, will you love your neighbor? Will you love those around you? Will you love your family the way Christ loved you. I I saw a tweet this week made me laugh because it said, hey, my favorite verses are the ones that that say um, uh, about making sure that we we are able to enjoy our rights. He said, find those verses. Yeah, go find all the verses where Jesus says, demand your rights, get them. And you're like, I don't think there is one. Exactly. May we go out of this place as Jesus' hands and feet and voice in the lives of those around us whether it be the person who you're buying your groceries from at Publix or whether it be the person who gives you food when you go pick it up and take it home or whether it be your family or your neighbors, whether they be rude or mean or incredibly nice, may we be Jesus' hands, voice, and feet in their lives. I want to encourage you. You know, if you're online or even if you're in this room, maybe you're like, I want to talk to somebody. Pastor Jim, he mentioned it earlier. We have that number that you can text. If you text the word NEW... It'll bring you up to a list of places to give your information, and we'll contact you. If you text the word LIFE, we'll know that you're interested in finding more about Jesus, and we will contact you. You can text the word GIVE, and that will bring you up to our website where you can give to all the ministry that we're doing during this COVID pandemic. But all of that's great, but if we keep it inside, it's just like putting a, you know, a, a, bush, a, a, a bucket over a light. We have to let our light shine. Amen? Amen. One more thing. Um, we, are, we are planning for this back-to-school bash where we're giving lots of uh, school supplies to kids in need. If you want to be a part of that, we have, uh, we have our trailer out here. You can drop off supplies during normal office hours during the week, 9 to 4. But if you want a list of supplies, you can find it online. Just go to our website, avalonchurch.org, and you can slash. I have to look this one up. It's like back-to-school bash, B2S bash. B2S bash, and then that'll give you a list. Jesus, it's all about you. We want to be your people used by you. We want to be your cit- the citizens of your kingdom, that your reign, your kingdom will come on this earth as it is in heaven. We can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. May you be praised. Amen. Have a great week, all of you. We'll see you next time.